Hello, and thank you for joining me. This is Jaded. I am Jody. Hey, hi, I'm Nick. And uh, <laughs> this feels odd. I haven't done this in a while. Um, you haven't podcasted in a while? No, not since the last time we did, which has been Well, that long. would be uh, the last time you did it. I, yeah, I guess. Okay, so, so it's been a, a long time. It's been, it's been yeah, a month. A month. Um, so the point of this podcast tonight is that Nicholas and I have decided to stop drinking. No more drinking alone, no more drinking together, no more drinking. Um, no more going to the liquor store impulsively. At all. No. No more going no. to the liquor store. No. Right. No, we will smoke weed. We will. We do smoke weed. Okay, um, so that's going to have to be... That's but think how much we spend every week on, you know, let's say alcohol. If you figure a box of wine... How much do you think you spend on alcohol? Oh, a box of wine is um, 20 bucks. 20 bucks for a box? Really? Yeah. yeah. This wine that fuck. I drink is cheap wine. <gasps> you got two boxes right there. Yeah, I know. So that's... Fuck. All right, so at least two per week, sometimes two and a half. So let's say... 40, four, 50 bucks. bucks. 50 bucks. Oh, 50 bucks a week. And so times four... 200 bucks a month. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. In regards to this challenge, some people, when they quit drinking, what they do is they vow to put whatever money they would have spent on alcohol into a jar. Okay, I'll put it in savings. No, you put it in a fucking jar so you can see it, so you can watch it accumulate. Oh, okay. Part of it is beneficial, so you yeah. can actually. So like, if I quit smoking, I can put another 200 at least in there. $400 and a month. And then you can do something really fucking fun with it, right? Like Hopefully. take you to the mountains. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as we're both doing it, then I should have saved that much of that much, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we can go get antique even store. We, go, we can go antiquing. I don't know if I'm into antiquing so much anymore. Okay, so all right, fine. Well, the farther away I get from using. Mm-hmm. The more I look the at my... The less obsessive you are on antiques, right? Well, the more I look at my china, and I'm like, what the fuck Why was I, I buy thinking? This? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of kind of late for that, but really the china buying didn't do any harm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <coughs> the, uh, the china the, buying? The china buying, yeah. It's been on a few podcasts. So, um, I, I was bringing up, I wanted to pose this to you and I wanted us to discuss it if that's cool. Um, oh. How do you apologize for a drunken text, a drunken conversation, a drunken interaction? How do you, is it possible to apologize for something when you were drunk? I personally don't think you have to apologize. <laughs> I've heard that argument before. And that because you, move, you were drunk, you were right? drunk. You move on and you be sober now, and the rewards will come back later. But what about the people who you hurt when you? Well, it depends on how hard you hurt them. Okay, so what's an appropriate apology? How do you? Uh, she was not all right. No, the, do a hypothetical, Nick. Where this is all hypotheticals. Okay, so say, um, well, this doesn't have to be hypothetical per se for me. Um, when I get well, drunk, I get very deeply emotional. I get very wrapped up in my own pain. I have 
a lot of fears, a lot of anxiety. I your walls come. Down. I have a lot of PTSD, kind of. It's right, almost right. like alcohol triggers PTSD for me, and I I kind of just like bleed emotion. Or all right. So, what is your greatest fear that your children are going to reject? Well, I'm not you? worried about my greatest fear. Well, let's talk about that. So let's say I was in a state of mind like that. Mm-hmm. And interacted with one of my kids, and I said something that maybe at the time I thought was good intention, but looking back later and going over, like, it, it probably wasn't received the way it was intended, or maybe it was fucked up to begin with, and I don't know what I meant by it. But well, okay. now I'm in a position where I'm trying to mend things with that child. I think you need to let time go by and not. Uh, not, you know, dog shit, the more you... you, you, you I just stir. realized Listen this to me. is... Dog shit, the more you stir it, the more it stinks. It's not dog shit. Me yes, and my it, daughter's uh, no, relationship you, is not dog shit. All right, yours and your daughter's relationship uh, was not harmed. She knows... It was. You, she no. hasn't responded to my texts well, that's in your, almost a month. That, because of my drunken attempt either at funniness or... I don't, I don't know what it was, but it offended her. It not only offended her, it triggered her. Definitely triggered because her. Because that's why you went to prison. What's why I went to prison? You, I don't know. You were drunk. You got picked up. I don't know. DUIs and I mean... To, Nick, none of that is true. All right, so... Wow. She got triggered somehow. <laughs> that was a very bad distortion of my life. Um, she got triggered somehow. Yes, well, or I offended her somehow. And now that I'm looking back and I realize why she hasn't been responding to my text, why she's not getting back to me, I don't know how to dig myself out of this hole. Well, the best way to do it is to be sober, I guess, for you and I. You know, we're both in the I same, agree with uh, that. We're in the same position. Because my grandson is also picking up on this. and um, not, He doesn't like your drinking either. No, he doesn't want to be around me when I'm drinking. So for me, that's the that's the that's the change. That's what I have to do. And for you too. Everything everything else. Will, I am worried, Nick. Everything else will fall into place. I don't. I don't necessarily believe that. I don't actually. I don't believe Why that. Why don't all. you believe that? Because getting sober doesn't fix the problems in life. It just makes you more able to handle them. But getting, it doesn't fix... No, no. Getting sober gains the respect of your daughter and my grandson, okay? So that they trust enough to have a conversation with you and talk about what really is meaningful for them. Really? And how quickly does that trust just uh, overnight? T- no. Well, that's... <laughs> no. You have to be sober for, like, ever. You know? Ever. That's what I know. We well, I, that's you know, can we ever get I mean, out of can we ever get out of the dog houses we are in? Uh, yes. In, if in, if you make this challenge, if, if we do this challenge in a couple decades, no, it's not going to take that long. I don't, Nick. I've been clean for more than a year now. From meth. And I, God damn it! And I have no more respect for my children than I had. Ooh. Than I had a year ago. Breaking my stuff? Yeah, I'm trying. More than a year ago. I have no more. It's been a year. And and you ha- you understand how difficult this has been. This has been a for me. bugger. And, yeah. and yet 
we get so I don't believe that us getting sober is actually gonna give us any more credit than we already have. Okay, so what's left? What do you mean what's left? So getting sober doesn't do it. Spending positive quality time with those we love and care about while and being sober. sober while we do it. We can just hope that those memories can somehow over I know. You are you you're her mother. She will come back. You just have to be sober. I will be sober with you. But my God, Nick, I, I am drunk a couple times a month. Okay, how often do I come over here? You come over here once a week at least. Once a week at least, and once or twice. Two, sometimes two times a week. And, and we get drunk. Well, by the time so I get there, you've already drank, so I... <coughs> you catch up to me. I don't... Oh, come on. You were walking out here the other day thinking, oh, what the fuck did you put in the wine? You were, I mean, come on. Yeah, but that's not every day. And you admitted to putting something in my wine. I never put nothing in your wine. You said I put the same shit in there I put it in every time. That's uh, from the box. <laughs> 20 bucks. That was not your response to me. That's I never would put anything in the wine for you, ever. Okay, but that was not a question, actually. And you've moved from the window, so I should move this. No, here's what, you know, your your daughter, we have to work on ourselves. I am, but I... Uh, we have to work on ourselves and not worry about other people. Whether it's Children are yeah. other people. They're not necessarily not, our children. She's they are other teen. people. She's an adult. Yes, she's another person. And I've hurt her. But she doesn't want to have any communication with you. When you're drinking, okay. Obviously, okay. I heard the I heard the the text. I, I suppose what I don't understand, Nick, is this. Okay, and and I I admit, I admit that there's something wrong with my thinking in this regard. Uh, but in my house when I was growing up, my parents consistently did things that hurt me. That hurt my siblings. All right, so you have trouble. Oh, shut up. Can I please? All right, go, go. Tell me, tell me. So I have gotten used to people do bad things. People feel bad for them, you forgive them. Or people do bad things, they don't feel bad for it. But you still, you, you, it's still somebody you have to see. I, You have to see them every day. You have to move past whatever happened. Because you are a family, you are a unit. It, it's it's a little different. So you compromise. And, well, no, I just learned that people have faults. Right, you, what, you, people have faults. People are going right, to fuck up. Right. People say things they don't mean. They hurt you when they're angry, but they don't right. mean it because they were angry. Right, exactly. I, I learned all these things, okay? Right, so and you're there. my daughter doesn't know that. So when I hurt her when I'm angry, she doesn't okay, well, know that that's angry, a normal well, thing. You that, were angry and drunk, and she picked up on the drunk. She didn't pick up. She she. She's also did. never had anybody intentionally try to hurt her that I know of in her life ever. Well, that doesn't really. That, Other than that her has brother, nothing to do with the price of rice. It has a lot to do with it because Why? when you've never been hurt by somebody, you don't know that you know they were just the dumbest when they said it. You got to forgive them. Um, because we know people do dumb shit, say dumb shit. They don't mean. Why does she not know this? I mean, because she nobody's grew ever up. intentionally been mean to her. Well, I'm sorry, but you. Are, but I'm sorry. Your history has had episodes where you have a 
un abandon them, but not to your own desire. What do you but mean? When you went when to jail. I when, to go to jail when I had right? to go to jail, right? But that didn't teach her that... How many times did you have to go to jail? Um, twice. Yeah. During her developmental years. So you're saying that... What are you saying? I'm saying that what she, when she gets triggered and you're texting her and you appear in your text to be under the influence... It reminds uh, her of being It reminds jail? her of being not there for her, and she gets triggered, okay? And so she pulls away and says, really, I don't want to talk to mom for a while because, you know, this is what happened, you know? But that is her trigger. I mean, she has to work on that. I have a different perspective. I think that in my years of drug use and drinking that I probably was not... I was probably shitty to her in sporadic You're times when I was high. not on, when I was high, when I was not on meds, when I was drinking, when I was, there were probably, and you know that I have, I'm, I, don't, I won't call myself histrionic because that, but I you've feel emotions intensely. Y yeah, and yes, and you've had some pretty get, outrageous relationships. You almost well, go back to that. Well, I'm, I have to put in the whole... Come on, they have to hear the whole basket. But outrageous... Dennis? Yes? She was there. My kids didn't know about a lot of that. Oh. Like you tell me, Orion knows. Orion is 14. Well, these kids... When I dated so Dennis, my children... Uh, I think that three of them were under the age of 10. But, okay, so it's my fault. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as uh, the mom, yeah. yeah, I made bad choices yeah. in partners. And, 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 and so now we me. have, all right, so now. It started have, with their uh, from, dad. From Dennis, uh, her dad. I to, left one uh, after the One can't... after the other. Uh, what was his name for the, who was in the army? Um, uh, him too. What's his name? Patrick. Patrick. And Dennis, and all, you go down the list. <laughs> that that kind of is a list. It is a list, and they're all really difficult people. Nah, that's not true. Oh, come on. Do you see? Dennis was the nicest, sweetest guy that could be. But that's why you hit him in the no, head. No, listen with a to me. Beer but Nick, he was, he loved me, he loved my kids. The only reason that I even agreed to go out with him was because of how great he was with my kids. I would go over to my sister's house with my kids, and she would be like, did you have to bring them? Yeah, bitch, they're mine. Uh, I have to bring them, right? Um, Dennis would come down the stairs, and he would totally engage with all of my kids, go and play foosball with them, go and play. You know, he, so you he was great with, with my kids. Yeah, okay. uh, he lived with my sister. How's that? He shared... a. And a, a townhome with Joanna and Jared, and then there was Dennis. And Dennis was young. He was one of Brian's friends. Now I your, know through your Joanna, Brian. too. Yeah. Brian referred him to Joanna. He worked with Joanna and Jared on mm, that. But anyway, he was great to me. He loved me. He worked hard for me. He loved my kids. Um, I was... going through shit with Marcos, making threats with... And you were drinking. Um... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's 
Yeah. Yeah. I was drinking. That was after Patrick. Patrick got me drinking. Um, I was drinking. He would drink so that I wouldn't drink alone. His big deal was he didn't care if I drank. And Patrick uh, Hold was... On. Uh, he didn't care if I drank. They don't know who But Patrick. if I drank alone, he, like that was a bad thing for him. I don't know if he had an alcoholic parent or somebody... Well, drinking who, alone represents... It represented something very bad to him. So he would drink with me, but he would get crazy, and I was crazy. And I would, we both fueled and stoked that fire. We were mean to each other. We said bad shit to each other. It was, he was a good guy. So for you to say that I hooked up with assholes, I, you're wrong. I did not. And Patrick was not a bad guy. Patrick never hurt anybody. He was just an alcoholic. He was a total alcoholic. He loved my kids. He tried to be close with all of them. It was total heartbreak for him when I cut things off <coughs> with him because he loved my kids. And he now had to lose not just me, but all of my children. Yeah, that, that's, I know that one. Yeah. You know, she tells you to go, go away and you lose, uh, after six years, and all of a sudden you lose the kids, you lose her. I mean, you can't, you know, I mean, no, there's no, and, and, you know, it's heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. And now as a single 44-year-old, I'm i sorry, but I will not date someone with children. I won't do it. I, unless they're grown that's like... That's exactly how I feel about uh, Kia, the woman who's chasing me. You know? And, and it's not the children's fault. I the, no. the problem is you don't want to love them and then have like, your heart broken. Yeah, really. But I also don't want to have to deal with the drama that involves the other parent. Yeah. I, yeah. I did that. I and did the, that and, for and 18 and years, 22 yeah. years. I don't know. I did yeah. it for a long time. Anyway. Um, so, anyway. Nick. So, my ex is getting married. Yeah. Um, Marcos. Marcos, right? Yep. He's getting married this month. Um, one of my sons. Do not say his name, Nick. All right. Please. One of my sons is not happy about it. Uh, you mean Bob? No, I don't fucking mean Bob. <laughs> I just wanted to be not said. Um, not happy about it. Um, doesn't have a positive feeling from the person he's marrying. Uh, person he's marrying fucking hates me. Okay, I don't know how else to say it. I don't think there's any better way to say it. She just fucking hates me. The, the, his wife. His soon-to-be wife. Right, okay, fine. Soon-to-be third wife. Well, you, you know, he probably calls your name in his sleep or something, you know? Or during sex. Yeah, or <laughs> during sex. I don't, you know, no. Yeah, I no. Mean, yeah, Nick, I don't think that's it at all. I don't think that's it at all. I think well, that... Well, the potential for that is there, and she that's why she hates you. I think that Marcos was very hurt by the divorce, and it showed. He had a hard time... It was it was hard, and I look back now, and I can't imagine what it would have been like, Nick, to be him, where I went from living in a home with my wife and my kids to living with my parents and seeing my kids every other weekend. Well, it sucks. I, I, but that was what he agreed to. Like, they threw that at us. We went to a legal document place to do our divorce. We were pretty civil about it. Very civil, I think. And they give you a proposed visitation right, saying that this is the standard in the state at this time. And it was every other weekend. And he agreed to that. That works? Uh, it. Every other weekend? I don't... Nick, if you... Shared custody. Say you got to see Orion only every other weekend, starting now. How would that feel? 
Well, um, if it was the law, I'd have to acquiesce. No, I asked you, if that happened, would how lousy. would it feel? It would feel lousy. Feel lousy, like, it, and it would be accumulating, like a ball getting bigger, rolling down a hill. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And, and, and it's a breakthrough when you see them, right? Yeah. Probably pretty, but also, at the same time, it's a... All right, so, wait, so, so, so wait, the at the same time, it's a total downer in the opposite regard because you know they're only going to be with you for this amount of time. It's a little bit different when they're your kids and when it's a grandchild. Okay, my, my, Orion is my grandchild. You think it's different? <coughs> Why yeah. isn't it the same? I think the love is the same. <coughs> isn't the love the same? The, the feelings, the emotions, aren't they the same? Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, at this point, because I've raised him for seven years. Does he feel like a child? Like a He feels like my boy. Yeah. Well, and you never had a son. No. no. So that's even yeah. more bonding. And now we're struggling. We're, we're having power struggles. I told you, 12 and 13. Well, he's 14 now. He's late. He's 13. He just he's 13? Oh, okay. This is when it begins. Yeah. How were you at 13. Let's see. I actually had a job. At 13? Yeah. I, uh, my mom got me a job uh, at a restaurant that was run by a family, you know. And um, they allowed me to come in there and wash dishes. And at 13, I was washing dishes at least two nights a week. I think I was being paid about a buck ten an hour. And, okay. You know, but wow, that, that's but, hard to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But ten. But you know, I I would bread fish and I would wash dishes and I was, and pretty soon I was working three nights a week, you know that type of thing. At fourteen. Uh, at at 13. Yeah, thirteen. Thirteen and a half. Yeah, I mean, you know. Was uh, that even legal now? Was it legal I, then? It wasn't legal. You still had a social security card and nobody. They just pay you out until. No, it was a small town. I mean, nobody's going to check it this shit, you know. No child labor laws then. No, I mean, you know, and, you know, it wasn't, I was being tortured. I got fed and I got, you Give know. me, uh, give me a date range for this, how, like, um, 19... All right, so... 60... 66. Okay. 1966. Okay. And, um, I actually worked there for three years, you know, I was, and then I moved on to a bigger restaurant and became a busboy where I got tips... Uh, but, you know, I started working at his age, at 13 years old. I was wow. already working. And, you know, because my parents were not, um, I mean, my mom worked as a waitress, and my dad was a You a, had a two-parent working household in the 60s? Yeah. Wow. My mom was a waitress, and my dad was a, a janitor at a university, you know. Uh, so they, they weren't making a lot of money, but... They couldn't, I, I wanted to be, you know, I, we had moved from a very small town to this bigger town, and the boys had, you know, 10 speeds, and they were all purple, <laughs> and so I wanted a purple 10 speed too, you know? Yeah. And I, and, and I started working, and the first thing, I think the first thing I bought was a, a black and white, um, a 13-inch uh, TV. For my bedroom, you know? Okay. I, I had a bedroom down in the basement. And um, I would come home from work at like, you know, 12 o'clock at night. And just like him, you know, stay up, you know, uh, turn on the uh, the movies, right? Movie channel. 
And they'd be like the the blob or the giant crab monster, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, gotcha. <clears throat> you know, it was like uh, all the old science fiction movies would come on, and I'd watch those until two in the morning. And I'd go to sleep and sleep till noon, and you know, then I might if it's the weekend, I'd have to go, you know, to work again uh, that night. Jeez. So you know, I. I I was a good worker, you know, and it actually made me feel more independent. You had to be there on time, you know, you had to do your job, you know, had to, you know. Well, in every single one of those, they, they say that when you're depressed, that little goals you set for yourself, every single one you achieve, you feel better about. And mm-hmm. every single thing, like showing up to work on time, doing a good job, clocking out at the end of the day, those were all, like, positive like goals you hit that buttons. you were kind yeah. of rewarded for yeah, internally. Exactly. So, you know, uh, when it comes to, um, so when it comes to being, uh, you know, sort of more independent for my family who were supportive of me, um, if I wanted stuff, I had to buy it. You know, I had to pay, I worked for it. And. But by stuff, you don't mean clothes. I, I know. Like if I, like I wanted, extra, I, like I, I bought my 10 speed bicycle after the TV, nice. you know, a purple 10 speed, you know, it was a racing, a swing and, and you know. Super sport, and it was like, um, you know, um, but I bought it, and, and, and then ultimately, after, you know, I, I, I kind of left there for three years, that was a long time, um, went to the Munich's Top Hat, it was the fancy restaurant, be, be a busboy, and I made money there, and um, at, so I'm a senior in high school, and I'm, you know, making money. And I wanted to leave. To because leave? I wanted to leave the States. The States, completely. Completely, yeah, because I, I could not support the Vietnam War. Oh, but wait, we were talking about 14. We were talking about, I was asking to see, like, how you could try to relate to Orion at his age. Well, trying to relate to him, you know. And very difficult, it, it sounds it, like. It, very, it, it really is. Because, because my, you had responsibilities, expectations. My head was not buried in a cell phone all day long. Or playing video games. Did you yeah, ever play video games? Never in my life. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there were times in my uh, early high school years when uh, me and a friend were, were hired to go, uh, you know, pick up hay bales for two cents a bale. Uh, you know, I mean... You make two dollars if you lift up fifty pound bales. I mean, you'd have to lift what a hundred of them. You know. Well, but as my father would say, you're not going to make two cents sitting on your ass. You better well, get out yeah, there. Yeah, and it was like in, in July. It was like a hundred degrees with you. But know. still, you're not doing shit but sitting we, on your ass. Yeah, and we had to walk there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not kidding. We had to walk there. Well, it's not like it was six feet of snow and uh, all that. No, it wasn't. Snow, right? No, it was. Uh, a it was ways. just like ninety degree or hundred degree weather. Yeah. And you were a white boy with probably no sunblock. And plus, I worked Did they on... have sunblock back then? No, they didn't. <laughs> no sunblock. Oh, you got sunburned all the time. And, you know, my grandpa owned a farm, and we also did the same thing by him, but we didn't get paid, you know. Right, not working for grandpa, no. No, you don't get paid. That, that's kind of like, what What would you call that? No, the worst thing was put being in stuck the in the barn and stacking the bales when it's 100 degrees outside. Oh, and you got no air movement inside the <sighs> barn? Oh, man. The dust... Uh, that's a wrestler's yeah. dream to be able to go in there and sweat up pounds. So oh they can my go god! Wrestle. Yeah, and we were like, go make weight. Yeah, well, we were skinny kids, right? 
Yeah, well, I'll bet you were pretty, uh, I can't think of that word, but you probably had little muscles all... We were pre-pubescent, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Stringy muscles. Maybe you know, that's... but, we, you know, that's what we did. And, and milking the cows twice a day and all this stuff. Um, it, you know, it was something that's completely, totally different from what his experience of life is, you know? We, you know, in that life, you learned that if you wanted to get by, you had to work. Okay, um, this I is going to go a little personal, Nick, and I hope that it, it's going to be okay. But as a man who has degrees on his wall that I can see, who went to school, was educated, used his degree, has been helping others, you told me that your father was a janitor. Yes, he was. Yeah. What was he before you moved to the city. Before he was a janitor? Yeah. Before, you said that you used well, to be in a... Wait, a, he, you, wait you, uh, this is part of my point. You said you used to live in a small town and you moved to the city. Right. What was he in the small town? Well, he became a janitor, but he had done several jobs prior to that time. So he was a janitor when he you left the small curtain, city? He was a curtain rod uh, maker. Because there was a curtain rod, Graber curtain rod factory right there in the next town. So he was there for a while. He's a, a, a junk collector with a, the guy who collected junks, junk, uh, on, a, on a Thursdays or whatever it was. All right, let me post you my uh, question, I guess, then. Um, is it possible that the move from the small town to the city was, A, initiated by your mother, who well, maybe hated... Hold well, on. No, let we me were, finish. Uh, we were, who maybe didn't like the small town life anymore. Hmm. Maybe the maybe your dad in the small town had a better standing within the community that he maybe lost when he went to the big city. And in order to keep your mother happy in the place where she wanted to be, he took on jobs that maybe he wouldn't have had to had he not left the small town. It's a big question. Well, I think that my mom and dad were very close, and that I'm, they it both, sounds they, like he left her. We rented. We had four kids in a two-bedroom apartment. All right, and it was our grandfather's house, oh. and he charged us cheaper rent, but my dad was making sixty dollars a week. Okay, my mom got, was this in the city or in the small town? This is in the small town. Okay, and so my mom. And Dad talked about it and said, "Well, you know, she needs to get a job somewhere else." So she went, she went to uh, Middleton, the next street, seven miles away, uh, to get a job at a restaurant. Okay. Um, seven miles is not far considering no, Denver. Not, yeah, right. But yeah, back then. It's seven miles, and so she uh, started being a waitress, and and she, that improved our status significantly because they didn't want to rent from my grandfather. Forever. No, they who wanted, wanted their own place. They wanted their own place. They wanted their own place. All right, so. Hmm. Hazel. So did you move from there? So they bought they bought a place in the next town, Middleton. She's only forty five minutes late. Where my um. Where my mother worked. Okay. And they bought it for seventeen thousand five hundred dollars. And it was a house. It was a ranch, you know, like like your parents' house. Nice. You know. My parents, have you seen my parents' house? Yeah. Two stories? Yeah, it's like that. Oh, wow, okay. For 17500 And we moved, 
we all had to change schools, you know, yeah. the whole, whole ball of wax. But you know, my mom and dad were pretty close, and they were, they discussed things together. It wasn't my mom saying, oh, I don't want to be in a small town anymore, but it made more sense. He worked in Madison, which was further from the little town. Okay. And um, he ultimately became a supervisor. Okay. Supervisor of? of? Of all the maintenance in the whole dormitory area in the okay, very U nice. University of Wisconsin. Okay, know? made but, it up into management. Mm -hmm. But, um, so, you know, that was a, good, a pretty good thing. And then ultimately, you know, I worked with my mother at the, as a busboy. I, I told you I was a busboy. So boy. that is where you were... Primarily raised that town, not yeah. the small. Okay, well, so I, moved, I moved there when I was twelve. My my beginning years were in the small town, up until twelve. Up until twelve. Did mm -hmm. your parents move after that? That's when we moved. Twelve. I know, but did they move after that, or is they, that where they no, stayed? No, they stayed. They stayed forever there. Yeah, that was their home. You know, family home. Just a lot like I feel. You know, that, that we have a family home here, <coughs> and I, you know. I do have to say that I I do still have the dream of owning a home. Yeah. And I remember talking to um, number one, my, my alcoholic, and asked him, you know, if he ever had visions of grandeur in owning a home. And he's like, no. Yeah. And I was like, uh. it's been a but I, I, I understand just, that because he doesn't have children. I only have 10 months left to pay on this place. 10 months left to pay, yeah, pay on this place. it's worth 500 grand, you know, I paid 123. Well, that'd be nice to bank that check every month. Wouldn't that be nice? But I'm gonna, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna have to pay thirteen hundred dollars. I know you're gonna be able month. to bank that. Yeah, that's it's gonna be like. Oh my God! I can fix my bathroom. You should find a good way to invest that so I that should, you can I make should. money. Yeah, I've heard, and I've recently, months. especially, you should, if you can find someone good enough that can do this for you, if you won't do it yourself, is well, find good. a good weed investment. Oh, I heard that too. Yes, yeah. yes. Put stocks in, uh, buy stocks in weed. Yes, yes, yeah. like that is like a... Yeah, a, let me see what's going on here, because Hazel just arrived, and okay. so I want to see we may We may be ending the podcast. Uh, if we do, thank you for listening. This is Jaded, I'm Jody, and this is Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening.